going on, podcasting world? Welcome back to another episode of the Core Consult RX podcast, episode 92. Nice. I feel like the need to announce which episode it is. Yeah, I know. Now. It's my new thing. You do every time. So, it's whatever. Keep people you, updated. Yeah, yeah. Well, in case you didn't want to read the notes on iTunes. And it know. means it's proof that we release them immediately. Right. And don't exactly. hold on to them and, you know, mix and match in the yeah, order. Exactly. Someone's asking to join our live feed on Instagram. Sorry, I can't reach my iPad right now. Next time. Next time, I promise. <laughs> Send me a message beforehand. <laughs> then what, you can to join be, us. To be on the I live feed? I don't know. It just says, can I, I join your live session? Like to videotape themselves and be on there? Who knows? Oh, sure. We can do live improv, Im- impromptu video with random people. That would be potentially awful. <laughs> or <laughs> That awesome. could be catastrophic. Yeah. We'll have to. I, I could ruin us. Yeah. We'll see. So what are we talking about today, Cole? We are talking about a very timely topic, if not only a couple weeks late, uh, the coronavirus. Yes. Mm, sure you guys are not tired of hearing about that one yet. Absolutely. In fact, my uh, full disclosure, my first kind of like, I guess, take on the coronavirus, somebody sent me like one of those memes that people were making where they took like the corona bottle and mm-hmm. put virus underneath it, you know, ha ha. Um, I hadn't seen the news yet at this point because I had been in my own little bubble for during the work week mm-hmm. and uh, sent me that and I was just kind of like, what the frick is this idiot talking about? <laughs> Turns out it's a epidemic. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, it's what goes through Mike's mind a lot of the time when people text him. It's I one think. of my good friends too. That's just how I, how I felt in my heart at that moment. That idiot. You know who you are. <laughs> yeah. He knows. Um, yeah, this is, I think we're talking about this because we want to dispel some myths. I'm sure there's a lot of, or there is a lot of craziness and, a little bit of hysteria going on out there, but you know me and Mike, we are not hysterical. Never. We very stay calm with pers- perfect situational awareness at all times. Very down to earth. Except when it comes to the coronavirus, obviously. It's going to be, so most of what you see on the news is geared towards uh, the general population and usually gearing them up to kind of be freaked out about it. Uh, ours is going to be more geared towards the healthcare professional and what you should be telling your patients about, I think. Because, um, you know, I have people ask me about it all the time. And um, I usually just give them a uh, not too worried about it um, answer just because I, I don't like to freak people out. Um, it's nothing to take lightly, but uh, we're going to compare and contrast it a little bit to the flu this year. And I think you'll see that at least at this point in America, it's not that big of a deal yet. Right. So uh, where do you kind of want to start with this? Just some background? Yeah. Um, I know you got some good history lined up. Well, I'll just do an update of where it's at right now. This is all from the CDC as of today, which is February 3rd. Um, so in America, there are 11 positive tests for this coronavirus. And we'll um, talk about uh, that virus specifically and what that even means. Um, there are have been 167 people who have been tested for the coronavirus that were negative. Um, you might think that's odd that they even tested 167 people, or you might think that's really low. Um, The reason is they have something that they term people under investigation, uh, which are patients who uh, will go through the algorithm of how to determine if somebody needs to go under uh, investigation. But basically, if they have uh, upper respiratory or lower respiratory symptoms and they've had a contact where they potentially could have come in contact with somebody with coronavirus, then they send their lab work, I believe, to the CDC so that they can test it. At this point, I'm pretty sure... That's the protocol is to send it to the CDC so they can test it. 167 negative. There are 82 people still under investigation um, to see if they are confirmed for the coronavirus or not. Um, 
that is in the states. Uh, the CDC, as far as I know, does not do um, worldwide um, information as far as how many people have corona and all that stuff. Obviously, the coronavirus you've heard originates in China. I believe it's the Ubei province in China. Um, so just some unconfirmed stats that you might see on the news are about a little over 20,000 cases worldwide with 427 deaths, uh, 25 countries with um, confirmed cases. Um, I can neither confirm nor deny those statistics. That is just from one news outlet, uh, but that just puts uh, it in perspective a little bit with the U.S. stats. Uh, and to compare that to the flu this year, uh, so far, just in America, I'm pretty sure. I know we said that we weren't going to say that because this could be worldwide, but like I said, I think the CDC only does America. Um, I, nine, love the, I love the confidence. I know. We talked about this before we started recording. And we not said, to say it. We said, doing it anyway. said we're going to hedge because we're not sure. I, suppo- but I support you fully. Let's I'm like 95% sure um, that the CDC says there's been 19 million flu illnesses. 19 million. And I'm not saying that incorrectly like I did in that one flu episode. Yes, where Cole said that the flu of, I forget which 2011. Year, 2011 took out like 100, 100 billion people or some yeah. nonsense number he threw so out. This is correct. 19 this is a good number. million cases of the flu in America this year. 180,000 hospitalizations. 10,000 deaths from the flu. And as Mike Astutely pointed out earlier before we recorded, 68 um, influenza-associated deaths in children. So the coronavirus is a hot topic. Um, but I think that really it should point us back to the importance of getting ahead of respiratory illnesses, especially ones that we do have things that can potentially prevent them or at least treat them with Tamiflu and whatnot, um, which is influenza. That's my soapbox about that. So now we can move on to just coronavirus. Sounds good. So one thing to kind of be aware of um, is the coronavirus is not just it's standalone virus. There's, it's a whole family of viruses. In fact, there's been there's at least seven that are known to actually cause uh, disease in humans, and there's there's probably even more that are animal specific that can then jump uh, to human infection. Um, there's even there's some that they've talked about that like with this one now this novel coronavirus of 2019 with the one that they've isolated in China is uh, it was I've read some study that was saying they think it may have even originated. Um, it's a similar coronavirus to one they found in bats. Yeah. And uh, they think this one actually came from some sort of large animal or seafood market specifically. Um, they've kind of gotten it down to that. And uh, so there's a lot of, there's multiple types of coronaviruses. And so the this new one, you'll see it kind of listed as 2019 hyphen, you know, lowercase n and then COV. So this is actually just one of almost like a subtype of the family of viruses. Yes, and that was news to me. Um, I thought I hadn't really heard of a coronavirus before. My wife's like, "Yeah, of course there's coronaviruses, you moron." I didn't know. Um, you, there's you pharmacists. I know. Of the seven, uh, there's four that are considered common human coronaviruses. They're um, variations of alpha and beta coronaviruses. Um, the other three, uh, like Mike was saying, is this year's novel one. That's why everybody's freaking out about it because we've never seen it before. The other two that um, they have identified originated from animals um, are SARS coronavirus, which you probably have heard of the SARS outbreak um, in the early 2000s that was also came from China. Um, that I think that virus either came from a bat or a camel. I think they believe that all three of these come from bats, camels, or cats is what they're saying, but they don't know for sure about the um, this coronavirus yet. 
The SARS one, which is um, severe acute respiratory syndrome, coronavirus, was in China. It was 2002. It did cause a worldwide um, outbreak is how they classified it between 2002 and 2003. 8,000 probable cases with 774 deaths. Still, um, comparing that to the flu is still just crazy how bad the flu is every single year. Mm -hmm. Either way, this was a big deal back then, and and people who were of age probably remember it. Um, Since 2004, there have not been any known cases of the SARS. The other one is um, called the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus. It's either MERS or MERS. I'm going to say MERS because it sounds better to me. Okay. Okay, I'm just going to say it. MERS. MERS coronavirus. Um, So this originated in... 2012 in Saudi Arabia. Um, it has since caused illnesses in people from dozens of countries, all date back or, or can be linked back to the Arabian Peninsula. I know I saw that there had been two confirmed cases of this MERS coronavirus in America. I believe it was in 2014, and one was in Florida. I want to say the other one was like Tennessee or something, but they did have two cases of this. And when I first saw the coronavirus in 2014, that was when I realized wait a minute. There must be a new coronavirus because that's an old one. Um, but we did have a couple confirmed cases of that a few years ago, and that's the the mirrors. So seven total, and this one's new with no treatment or vaccine. That's why everybody's freaking out. And they, you know, they have actually analyzed the entire genome of the virus at this point, and so they found that it is the actual classifications group to be beta coronavirus, and it's actually at least seventy percent. Um, it shares at least 70% similarity in genetic sequence as the SARS coronavirus. So that's kind of interesting. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's, it's as of now, again, this is super early on, but as of now, it's, they are considering it clinically milder than, um, SARS or the MERS. And, uh, as far as, you know, severity and then case fatality rate. Um, so it's hopefully not going to. Yeah, really kick into high gear and, and take over, but you know, that's uh, it, at least it's it's not quite as I guess uh, worrisome. I think as the news outlets and stuff are making it seem at this point, right? And um, you know, I think the news outlets make it seem that way because it was all shrouded in mystery at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, they're they're kind of figuring out what's going on now. I think the most recent case was in Boston, maybe. I saw the the first person to have been diagnosed did walk out of the hospital, I think today, so in America, so he was okay, so that's good. Um, but like you said, it, hopefully it won't just start spreading all over the place. Uh, at this point, they're not sure how communicable it is um, compared to other viruses, like the measles being one that's highly communicable, like the flu, um, and some others, they're not totally sure. At this point, they're not recommending that the average Joe walking around in the community wears a mask. Um, they have, so far in America, it's only been transmitted through um, intimate contacts for the most part. So, can yeah. you uh, can you define it's intimate contacts for us, please? I mean, just give us a few textbook bre- definitions. Breathing, breathing closely. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, breathing closely on each other. Okay, just I, curious. I call that you know intimate. It's very intimate. <laughs> Um, also little tidbit, uh, so coronavirus does not come from the beer. It's not derived from the beer Corona. Really? True story. Uh, which I believe, what is their, what was their most recent slogan? Find your beach. Something like that. Something like that. I don't know. I was going to try to. Not a Corona fan, but yeah, I feel you. I was going to try to equate that to a virus somehow, but I don't know. Anyways, um, Corona is for you who paid attention to medical terminology is the Latin term for crown. 
Uh, the reason they gave this virus that name is because of the crown-like protrusions that um, come out of the top of, of this virus. So it resembles a crown. I looked up a picture. I imagine just a few of them, but it's like the whole thing is spiky. Yeah. So I don't know. Might have come up with a better name. And you said that there's actually been people that are confused. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that think that Corona, the beer company, yeah. somehow caused this, this Pretty positive virus. they've had to put out press releases like, listen, guys. This isn't us, I promise. Could you imagine how annoying that would be as like the CEO to have to go on like national TV and be like, okay. <sighs> so for everyone out here listening who's a complete moron, we didn't do this. Well, when I nothing to do with the beer. When I first heard, and this was becoming big news, I was like, man, Corona's going to kill it from this. You know, it's just going to be name recognition all over the place. No. Who knows? It might, be, it might end up being good for him. Yeah, because I've seen maybe. on social media people taking pictures of somebody drinking a commode co- Corona. Like seriously, you yeah. know, just you're drinking a Corona right now, in the midst of a coronavirus. Isn't, isn't that right? This tells you a lot about like our culture. Like we have twenty thousand people in China dealing with this. It's mm-hmm. like I mean, they're having to wear masks on public transport. Some people are like you know locked in their homes. And our first reaction instead of being like, oh my gosh, what can we do to help? It's like let's make some memes. Let's make jokes. Let's yes. make memes and then post them all over social media because we have nothing better to do. That's that's us. Oh boy! But we do. <laughs> Can't believe people don't like us more. <laughs> Anyways, um, that's kind of ridiculous. USA and also funny. USA. Oh geez. <laughs> so um, yeah, and one of the things that I think is kind of interesting is, you know, when you look at like the clinical findings, they're not. It's nothing special, I guess. It's pretty non-specific. You know, yeah, um, fever is at least in the initial reports. Fever in like ninety-eight percent of patients, followed by cough at 76% and then, you know, fatigue, um, myalgias, 44%, some sputum production, stuff like that. I mean, those can be any type of respiratory type yes, infection. So definitely can. But if you're specifically on the watch for Corona, that's what you're looking for. Um, the big issue, which has been brought up in news outlets is that it can, doesn't always, but can have a long incubation period. So you can start showing symptoms in as few as two days, but as many as 14 days, um, which if you go back and listen to our flu podcast is not standard for the flu. It usually is much quicker than that. You probably, the flu will be done in two weeks, but you may acquire the virus and not have symptoms for two weeks. And then you have to go through the sickness period. Um, in that time you can transmit it and that's why everybody's so concerned about it. Um, and I think interestingly, I I don't know that they've like the CDC has independently confirmed that like what they caveat that by saying this is based on what has been seen previously as the incubation period for the MERS virus or MERS virus. Um, so they're basing that on a similar virus and not necessarily on what's going on with this one, because I think, they really just haven't been able to study it too much. Um, yeah. So you're looking out as a clinician, you're looking out for those very nonspecific symptoms, but specifically somebody who says, I uh, may be a healthcare worker who has come in close contact with someone who has confirmed uh, this, this novel coronavirus in the last two weeks, um, or they have fever, they have shortness of breath and cough. They recently traveled from the Ubei province of China in the last two weeks. That might be a red flag for you. Um, otherwise, they have these symptoms um, it might be a little more severe and they have just come from somewhere in mainland China in the last two weeks. And that's when you're considering coronavirus and, uh, they have a whole list of things they want you to do. If you do suspect coronavirus, which generally involves, um, testing seclusion and contacting the CDC, um, to report them as a person under investigation. 
that's what they would be classified as. And basically, they're, um, they even have a, a number listed that if the state health departments um, have patients that are under investigation, they give the CDC's Emergency Operations Center a phone number, which is area code 770-488-7100. So you're welcome, DHEC and all those people. Nice. We're going to get so many calls. So many calls. From all our listeners. <laughs> I'm going to put my phone number on there just so people <laughs> start calling me, start giving out advice. Um, as far as laboratory testing, so they, the CDC has already developed a diagnostic test for detection of the virus and has uh, basically requested special emergency authorization from the FDA for its use. It's a real-time reverse transcriptase polymerase chain reaction, PCR, um, and it can be used to diagnose the virus in uh, respiratory and uh, serum samples from clinical specimens. And uh, it, it's, when I hear stuff like that, so, you know, this is a very new, you know, thing mm-hmm. and they've already developed a diagnostic test and like or like sending it out to get yeah. approved but they've did that's when i realized like how stupid i am because if somebody's like hey i need you real quick um if you could just develop a laboratory yeah. diagnostic test hey i need you real quick that we got a novel virus I need you to map the whole genome right map the whole genome first then yeah. make a diagnostic test I, get you to could, me by the end of the day you Stat. could leave me alone for a hundred years and come <laughs> back and i would still not have a diagnostic test made that's why um that's why you want to calm your patients, um, your customers, whoever they may be. And um, I mean, you know, there are there are people who may not trust the CDC and may not trust um, the um, government to handle this. But we have had issues like Ebola and other outbreaks. And generally, they do a very good job um, compared to other countries of handling it. So until we have reason to not trust the CDC to take care of it, I think that um, we are in pretty good hands. So as long as you're recommending pretty much anything you would recommend to avoid exposure to the flu. So washing your hands well. Um, you may want to wear a face mask depending on if you have a patient who has a confirmed case of the coronavirus or of the flu. But yeah, essentially just washing your hands, avoiding people who may have come in contact with coronavirus. And um, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe avoiding super public places if you don't have to be there, I guess. You just like running around in crowds. Yeah. Semi public, you're fine. Super public. Only if it's classified as super public. Don't go there. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I like the CDC because they have information, like they have information for travelers, which obviously they um, have a level three warning against going to China right now. So just don't go to China. Just make it easy on everybody and don't go to China Uh, unless you just really have to. they have recommendations for people who are coming from China to America. You can expect to have your plane checked, um, have everybody coming off being tested for fever. You might have a questionnaire that you have to fill out about signs and symptoms and that sort of thing. Um, they have information for uh, the flight attendants um, who are on these planes going to and from China and what they are actually given recommendations is to um, look out for certain things signs and symptoms that patients may be experiencing and obviously to look out for signs and symptoms for themselves and they're obviously going to be checked when they're going to and from country so yeah cdc is on top of it so far mm-hmm. you know did you talk through the uh criteria to become a patient under investigation um i taught yeah the like um ha- having been to the mm-hmm. ube province with fever and signs and symptoms yeah yeah, yeah. Okay. talk through that I was reading something else when you were going through that section. I couldn't remember if you <laughs> went through it. No, don't worry. I'm used to it. How dare you? <laughs> so uh, the I guess the, one of the other things, and Cole mentioned this already, but it, the, you know, there is no actual 
treatment. Um, there's no antiviral treatment at this point. Um, and basically you're looking at supportive care. So, you know, if you have a patient that, in fact, there's been one of the case reports early on when this first kind of was coming you know, to light was a, a patient that, you know, was, was infected and had other comorbidities going on and was already like dealing with other, you know, health issues. And then that person, um, basically was, was admitted with severe pneumonia and then essentially a respiratory failure and then ended up getting complications from the infection, um, which led to septic shock and then also acute respiratory distress syndrome. Um, then that led to multi-organ failure resulting in death. So yeah. it's, you know, a lot of the patients I think that are going to be more risky, and this is the same thing with pneumonia and, yeah. you know, flu and everything is, is the patients that also have these comorbidities, patients that are, you know, immunocompromised, things like that. Um, and the, the, that particular patient I was just referring to, you know, the patient came in with an abdominal tumor and cirrhosis, you know, history of that and then got pneumonia on top of it. So it wasn't like these are 20 year old, super healthy people coming in and they're passing away from it. So, right. um, basically now it's kind of just treating the symptoms, keeping the patient comfortable. And I love now, I love how the, uh, CDC basically is like, when you ask about treatment, they're they're uh they're like no treatment available and they say um basically just avoidance yeah that's the best treatment option is avoidance that's like that almost sounds like sarcastic I know. hey just don't go around it right just uh yeah just don't get sick just cross the sh- cross the other side of the street take yeah. a different route home mm-hmm. you'll be fine just avoid it so supportive care that's it there's no vaccine um there's no tamiflu uh for this one because I guess Tamiflu, yeah, it's more it's more specific to where it mm-hmm. couldn't just de- decrease viral replication in general and affect this necessarily. Yeah. Um, that being said, if you do have a patient with coronavirus, so what we've mostly been talking about is just tampering expectations of people without it. If you do have someone with it, you do definitely want to take it seriously. Um, it does, in general, seem to be more severe than the flu. I couldn't find exact numbers, but it does look like the mortality rates are higher than just a regular case of the flu, even in somebody who may have been previously healthy, though obviously, like Mike said, it's going to be more severe in someone with multiple comorbidities. Um, some stats on that um, involve acute respiratory distress syndrome developed in 17 to 29% of hospitalized patients with this virus, um, a secondary infection developed in 10%, uh, between 23 and 32% of hospitalized patients um, require ICU respiratory support. Um, some hospital, uh, some hospitalized patients um, need advanced organ support with the vent. Um, others have had to go on ECMO, um, cardiac injury, acute kidney injury resulting from it. So it's no joke once you get it. I think the um, the big thing is it doesn't seem like it's spreading all over the place like wildfire just yet. Um Right now, all we can do is supportive care and identifying it early. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, the other thing is looking for, you know, certain things, like something as simple as like surgical masks and things like that, and just making sure that, like clinics and things like that have it, which hopefully they do. But double check because that's one of the concerns is, and I know I, I want to say that, like in China, they're having issues actually like keeping them in stock. Yeah. Something as simple as people have seen on the news and stuff, people making their own versions of them of the masks yeah i need to truthfully uh, my store doesn't have any and then we haven't had any for a long time i need to just order some myself and be like just because yeah, i mean we get asked 10 times a day right mm-hmm. now you know yeah i need to do that but they do say once you've identified someone with um corona it, it literally says step one place face mask on patient just shove it right on there yeah 
Um, isolate the patient in a private room or separate area where your appropriate PPE. Then they have um, a flow chart that kind of um, has you go down certain things that will inform you of what to do. Um, is fever present? Did you get to measure it? Um, is respiratory illness present? Do they have cough, shortness of breath? Contact your local health department. Um, assess the need to collect the specimen. And then decide on disposition. And that's kind of their, their flow chart. And if you're wanting to kind of stay up to date and not just take the different news outlets word for it, um, if you go to www.cdc.gov slash coronavirus slash 2019-NCOV, um, it'll give you like a summary uh, sheet. And I'll put the link in the show notes too. But um, And I'll have the link and they constantly update that. And it'll have cases in the U.S., cases globally. It'll have information for travelers. All the stuff that Cole was talking about is all listed there. And, you know, you can pull all that, print it. It's yeah. very easy. So if you didn't want to listen to our podcast, you could just spend an hour reading through all this stuff. Or you could just listen to our podcast and get all the basic information. But right. like Mike said, it's going to update constantly. Uh, right now in the U.S., those 11 cases um, have been in Washington State, California, Arizona, Illinois, and Massachusetts. That's it. So literally like nothing in the Southeast, um, mostly nothing in the Midwest. I guess Illinois. Illinois is Midwest, right? Sure. We're sure we'll say that. Other than Illinois, mostly um, at, at this point, it's isolated to the West Coast and then one in Massachusetts. Um, yeah. So all the states where it hasn't been, you guys are good. Uh, the well, states where it now. has been, you guys are screwed. <laughs> you got no chance. And that <laughs> is the facts. What a good way to end, Cole. Yeah. Solid. I think so. Feared uh, imminent mortality. Yeah. It's the way to do it. Yeah. The uh, the website, I was just looking here, the uh, CDC's website actually has uh, like the um, genome, like the gin bank, they call it, where you can actually look at the, for if you guys want to be like super nerds and check out the gen- genetic sequence, um, you can get on the database and look through that. Um, let me know what you think. I'm probably not going to go that route, but. <laughs> yeah, just tell Mike all about it. Yeah, please. I will say there are 36 states total that have patients under investigation, so. You might not be in the clear just yet. Just yet. It doesn't list those, though. It just says there's 36. So we can guess. So hopefully this turns into another, um, you know, thing that kind of big news and then kind of fades away. Right. Yeah, we don't mean to downplay. We don't even mean to downplay Ebola. Ebola is a big deal in some places. It just didn't end up being a big deal in the U.S. thanks to great healthcare personnel. Right. And now we have a vaccine for it. And so... Maybe we'll get a vaccine for this a year after it's too late. Do they for sure? Ebola? Yeah. yeah. Oh, wow. Excuse um, me. 95%. I think it got approved last month. Nice. I'll double, I'm I'm, well, hope, I, I'm almost positive I saw that, so I hope I didn't just say something really stupid. And just as important news, they just approved a drug to treat peanut allergies. Did you see that? I didn't see that. Yeah. They literally just approved a, a drug, kind of like the allergen stuff where you might get injections of cat saliva or you might ingest um, certain amounts of this grass to treat an allergy. Hmm. Just introduce you to small amounts of like some peanut extract or something in this drug and uh, yeah, you build immunity. I saw a guy, very. this is obviously right in line with the podcast, um, I saw a guy who was injecting himself with micro doses of cobra venom. (laughs) Nice. And uh, became immune to that. So, uh, something to keep in your back pocket okay, in case yeah. you're planning on working with Cobras. Did he work with Cobras or did he just say, I don't what think like is a licensed professional. <laughs> I think he was just a dude that had some Cobras. 
What, what uh, good you, dude doesn't have you, some cobras? You can you can buy anything on the internet, I think. But yeah, cobra um, venom. I mean, hey, he was on Discovery Channel or one of those places, and I wasn't. So good for him. Yeah, I mean, maybe I'll start injecting myself with something crazy. Maybe that'll get us to a million downloads, like immediately. <laughs> if if I would say that we would definitely increase our listeners if there was a chance. <laughs> of me having horrible reaction to something crazy like that. Just like, Oh, let's watch this idiot die real quick. You would do it. I'm not, I'm not saying I want to the do brink, it. I'm the just, brink of death. I'm saying hypothetically, if I did do it, I think we definitely would increase our viewership. Uh, so, I'd say so we'll say maybe I'll take one for the team. I'd say so last I'll, I'll finish on this. We didn't mention, I guess, laboratory or radiographic findings you might see, um, in these patients. Again, it's going to be similar to what you would see in a lot of respiratory illnesses, but, um, hospitalized patients with pneumonia on admission, had leukopenia, leukocytosis, um, lymphopenia in 63%, elevated um, AST and ALT levels at 37%, normal levels of procalcitonin. Um, they had a CT uh, chest showed bilateral involvement in most patients and multiple areas of consolidation and ground glass opacities are typical findings so far. So yeah, I think you see that in a lot of other pneumonias and respiratory illnesses, but um, if they've had that close contact with that friend from the Ube province, mm. that's when you know. Yep. That's when you're worried. That is when you are definitely worried. Yep. Got cool. anything else? I don't think so, man. All right. Good. The, um, I, I guess, you know, just uh, one of the things that we're definitely looking for as we kind of get into the new year is new topic ideas, new specialists, things like that, that maybe want to come on the show. Um, if you guys have anything specifically that you want us to cover, um, you know, with that we are actually able to do that. Don't tell us that you want us to cover some crazy thing that we got no shot at. And we can actually, do it. We'll just try it. It's not going to be good. Might not turn out well. But uh, yeah, if you have any sub, you know, subjects or anything that uh, you guys want us to make sure that we cover, please let us know. Um, you can always email us. Our emails are in the the notes on the podcast, you know, wherever you know, Spotify or iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening to it at. And uh, you can also um, pretty much get in contact with us over social media on any platform, Instagram, Facebook, all that fun stuff. And uh, you know, it may take us a little bit to respond, but I'll get back to you as quick as we can. And um, we also have the texting platform now uh, where you can text uh, area code 415-943-6116. If you send it a text, it'll send you like this automatic reply back. And uh, it ask you to fill out this information, you know, and stuff like that. You can skip that if you don't want to, but it'll add you to my phone book. So when I send out something and I've been sending out, uh, I sent out a patient case last week to have everyone kind of get their feedback on it. So that was awesome. Cause I actually got a ton of feedback within like an hour. It was nice. kind of crazy. Nice. Um, so I really appreciate all of you that did that for me. And then, uh, you know, so we're going to keep doing things like that. We'll come up with some other ways of, um, you know, putting stuff out there for you guys that prefer that method of communication. And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. I did have, it was funny cause I had actually got one person that replied and said, are you, is this a real person or <laughs> see, that's me. <laughs> What's up? Um, but you should uh, have been like, this is a robot. Yeah. Don't ask my name. <laughs> But um, no, so uh, we really appreciate all you guys, you know, listening to us over the last couple of years. And uh, we, I guess we basically just started year three. Yeah, man. So this is like we just two, past the third year mark. 
Yeah, just about the end of 100 two, episodes. Push, this is, this is oh, the third year. Oh, I'm sorry. Year. Just past the second year mark, yeah. end of the third year. End yeah. of the third year. So um, thank you guys so much for listening and uh, the support, um, the emails and stuff that we've gotten, especially over the last couple of months, have been really awesome. Um, means a lot to us. I know we joke around a lot, but real talk, <laughs> it does mean a lot, and, and we really appreciate you guys listening to us. And uh, if there's ever anything we can do, please let us know. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode. See ya.